Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media and Service of Change. It's the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. We make the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. And that's exactly what we aim to do once again on this episode of The Seeker Podcast. I have a heavy subject that I want, no, that I need to talk about because it's been on my radar. It's been in my energy over the last couple of weeks. Everywhere I turn, I'm just getting called to address this aspect of life facing death. How do you cope? How do you process it? What does it mean? What does it tell us about our own creation, our own existence? What can we learn from this horrible thing that every single one of us on this planet in creation will experience in multiple ways at some point, multiple points in our lives? This is not a morbid show. I hope this will bring us some hope and inspiration and some tools that we can use I think it's important, as I can say, is I feel called to talk about this. I know that sounds a little too preacher type for me, but that some of the stuff I'm going through, I need to talk about that. And you guys have been listening for a while. You understand how I get a lot of my information anyway. So it's it's some kind of a calling. So I want to dissect some of that as well. I have a few stories in the news I want to talk about. And I also want to address something. If you're not following Suspicious Observers with Ben Davidson, how he's predicting weather, major weather events to include earthquakes by tracking solar activity and the electromagnetism. Let me tell you, you listen to my stuff, electromagnetism is where it's at. That's the key to so much of what I talk about. Well, he's been using this for a while, and I've talked about his stuff before. He's been using this stuff for a while to track earthquakes and predict earthquakes and it's got fantastic results. It's a disaster prediction app that you can get and it'll give you alerts. He talks about the health effects and the health hazards that the electromagnetic fields and certain solar storms and solar events will have on human health. Great content. He's at well ahead of the curve. He's a guy that I deem credible and trustworthy. Check him out. Suspicious, suspicious observers. Observers is spelled with a zero. And you want, I'll have the links in the show notes and in the Seeker newsletter that will go out this Sunday. I'm going to play a clip from Ben. He's been tracking the magnetic pole flip. Now, in 2012, that was the big concern. The poles are going to flip. The world is going to end. Oh, my gosh. Crustal displacement. You watched the movie 2012 with John Cusack, which I got to say, it's a, it's a fun movie. I enjoyed that movie. Maybe I can see if I can find that later tonight. Um, you know, and, and obviously, that didn't happen. But that was one of the fears and one of the theories. Well, Ben's looking at data right now. And what his data shows is that the pole and the poles are always moving. They're constantly uh, moving around. But they're moving in a way now that it's accelerated. And I'm going to play a, a short clip from him. That the, the shift, the movement of these the north and south magnetic poles has increased dramatically. And it looks as if we are moving towards a pole shift, according to Ben. I'm not a meteorologist. I'm not a space weather scientist. 
Ben's a guy I think is credible. That's what I'm going to say. He gives us 14 months before this poll shift happens. Now, I'm not trying to spread fear, but I think this is something at a minimum warrants our investigation and our thought and our dialogue over it. Is he correct? Is there something to this? Is this really going to have 14 months? Okay, today's date's October 26th, 2018. I'm not making the prediction. I'm looking at somebody who I think is credible in this field that's making this statement. I'm going to play his clip right now. It's about three minutes long. I want you to listen to it. I'll have the links to it where he has other links and resources available. And I want to hear your thoughts on it. The briefest of summaries about 14 months before the expected release of the next world magnetic model with some resources that you can use to learn more after the video. The primary components of Earth's changing magnetism are strength and pole position. This animation shows the normal movement of the poles which held until a little over a century ago until an acceleration began that has already seen the south magnetic pole leave Antarctica and the north racing to catch up across the Arctic Ocean. A century of historic meander of the poles now occurs in less than two years, and with that the field strength is decreasing too, and that decrease has also been accelerating. Some basic and very conservative data can be found from the World Center for Geomagnetism, broken into five-year blocks with the field dipole strength on the right. With a tiny change accelerating to two to four hundredths of a dipole moment each block, now this is harder to see in the more recent data which goes year by year instead of every five years, but the trend is continuing. That bolded line in 2015 is the last official update, with the 2016 through 2020 data being the forecasted marks from back in 2015. Now as you can see on the right, the forecast for the model going up to 2020 only has us dropping 0.02 off the dipole. Now, of course, that would be a slowdown from what we've seen in the previous years, especially with the acceleration in the last decade noted by NASA and the European Space Agency, but which is not reflected in this data. So interestingly, they are claiming yet again, as they've done for a few predictions in a row, that a slowdown is going to occur. It hasn't happened yet, and no, it is not happening now. Perhaps you might remember this report from a few months ago. The World Magnetic Model is a collaboration of more scientists than I can count, from all over, detailing the situation and changes in Earth's magnetic field. They are supposed to be valid for five-year periods between model updates, with the next one due out at the end of 2019. But we just blew past the red line, maximum error specification, one year ago, and are now seeing grid variation error way too high. They are blaming unmodeled crustal and external magnetic fields for taking reality outside of the bounds of their expectations. The official 2015 model, too erroneous for the above 55th north latitude region. Once again, the official marks, which predicted that the magnetic field reversal would slow down, are not holding. Too much deviation has occurred to make that 2015 model usable above the 55th latitudes, now for a full accounting of the situation and the effects this will have on our way of life, the video Energy from Space is linked for you right below this one. It is over an hour long, so the website magneticreversal.org can get you up to speed much more quickly. It's got videos and links to more information. All will be very helpful. The details on the space weather, human health, cosmic rays, weather, earthquakes, and volcanoes due to Earth's magnetic reversal can be found in that longer video. 
Whenever you're watching this, I'll see you in the morning for the daily update. Be safe, everyone. All right, friends. Uh, highly, highly concerning hearing that coming from Ben. He links to a ton, a ton of data and resources backing up what he's saying. He doesn't just make these claims without data, without published articles in scientific journals. So this warrants our attention. Magneticreversal.org is the website that he gave. I'm going to have the links to this in the show notes. I implore you to check it out. Put your minds on it. Let me know what you think. Please give me some feedback. Let's, as truth seekers, let's explore this together. This is a serious issue that we need to address. Now, let's put our conspiracy hats on for a minute because something else that keeps coming up, and I don't have a particular story right now. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I'm trying to move away from it, but I have to at least address it. The AI threat. I'm, I'm more and more convinced that it's real. And what we're being told from a variety of sources and data is that it's being put into place. There's going to be some kind of event, some kind of shift that affects everyone's consciousness. Now, we know electromagnetism plays a key role in affecting our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions. Are they connected? Are we looking at an electromagnetic pole flip and this AI stuff that's supposed to create this hive mind? Go back, listen to previous shows so I don't just sound like some crazy guy because I give data too. Are they related? Are we getting that close? I know it sounds wild. I hate sounding like the crazy guy. But at the same time, I'm going to sound like the crazy guy. I'd rather ask the wild questions and be and find out later, nope, Dennis, you were wrong. That was off. Then not ask the question and then something bad happened. So is there a connection? I don't know, but things seem to be building. Now, the other thing that I've talked about previously that I'm currently looking into, and I'd like those of you out there to look into it and send me data if you have it, because I'm just one person. I need more seekers out there. Previous predictions of disaster. We've had a lot of credible psychics back in the day, ranging from Edgar Casey, Bob Monroe, um, Michael Gordon Scanlon, talking about Earth changes. That sounds similar to what could happen if there's a pole shift. Why didn't it happen? Is, is by making us aware of the future, does that in and of itself change it if we're conscious creators? Does our consciousness then delay or slow it? Is it the Skynet scenario? They knew it was coming, so the future, it didn't necessarily change Judgment Day, just delayed it. Is that what's happening here? I, I don't know, but I think... We need to go back and revisit just because they didn't get the date right. They had other strong, credible track records with predictions, some of these uh, these psychics out there. I think we need to revisit some of that stuff. I don't want to spend too much time harping on that, but that's important and I think warrants our attention. So please get in touch. Let me know what your thoughts are. Again, I'm, th this is our platform, my friends. I need to hear from you. Uh, you know, and, and you know what? That's a perfect opportunity for a segue. If you want to report for the show, if you want to gather information and either write for it, write for the show, write for the Sixth Sense Media platform, share a story, conduct an interview, give information that we can share on the air and get it out there, we need you right now more than ever. We need to build this network. If you want to be anonymous, you can, I'll keep you anonymous. I, I, that's not a problem for me. 
just let me know. Get in touch. Contact information at sixcentsmedia.net. Click on, click on the contact tab. I, I, I need your help. We need to start processing this information together. I know you're listening. I know you're out there. It is time. If you feel that calling, what should I do? What can I do? Let's start with gathering information together and sharing that information. And the more steps that you take, the clearer your own journey and path becomes. I promise you. If you want to get do something, if you want to get involved, if you want to be a part, please reach out to Ray Davis or myself because we need your help in, in getting this information out. I believe that it's very, very important and it's not getting the attention that it deserves. It's not getting to everyone that needs this information. So enough on that. There's uh, two stories in the news I want to talk about. First one I found on CNN, two middle school girls waited in a bathroom and planned to cut up their classmates, police say. This is a horrific story. Synopsis of it is, and I'll have the links to it, these two girls were watching a movie. Let's see, according to officials, 11 and 12-year-old girls said they were, they were Satan worshipers and were going to drink the blood and eat the flesh of the students they killed. The girls then planned to kill themselves, they said. Uh, let's see. The plan was foiled Tuesday. The, the mother figured it out. Let's see. They were watching some kind of movie. Um, they were home on Sunday after a day of watching horror films. They devised a plot to kill several students at the middle school. So they were going to hide in the bathroom. I don't even want to talk about this. It's so bad. They were going to hide in the bathroom. They brought all these knives to school, and they were going to wait for the younger kids to come in, and they were going to cut their throats, drink their blood, eat their flesh, and then stack the bodies in a stall and wait for the next kid to come in. Their plan was to get about 15 of them. I don't even like talking about this stuff on the air. And I bring it up for, for one reason. And I'm trying to say this outside of a religious standpoint. I am not a religious person. I'm a very spiritual person. But I think that at some point, my spirituality, science will catch up to it. That's how I see it because I think we have as I talk about with my Archon stuff there is something that exists in the non-physical that has the ability to influence us in the physical I am convinced of that and I wonder if human consciousness right now or maybe always maybe just because of the internet we hear about it more but human consciousness is in fact susceptible to influence from these, what people call demonic. I'm more convinced it's, it's some kind of AI out there, which is the same thing as a demon, which is the same thing as a program. It explains why the same demon can possess thousands and millions of people throughout history, because it's a simple program. It can possess multiple, like everybody, and this isn't demonic, people say they channel St. Jerome. Yeah, because you're tapping into the software program that is St. Jerome that's set up to somehow interact and influence and govern things on this planet. We're tapping into some kind of software. Well, I think there's demonic software out there, and, and maybe that's not exactly what it is, but it, that's a metaphor I think that works. Anyway, I think it, I think it hit these girls. Um, not just because they said they were, quote, Satanists, but I, I, I think there's something to it, which is why, now, religion will tell you, don't dabble in it, don't mess with it, don't open yourself up, and I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say, be aware of this stuff, Learn how to recognize when these kind of negative influences are coming into your life 
and learn how to ground yourself and protect yourself. Do you want to sit there and say, well, I'm going to not think about all those bad things that can happen and I'm going to walk down a bad neighborhood and just not think about crime? You're going to get robbed. Or you could say, you know what? I'm going to understand how crime works. I'm going to understand where it's dangerous. I'm not going to go down that road but I, because I understand it. You're now in a position of power. Or I can travel down that road, but I'm going to learn how to protect myself. We stick our heads in the sand too, too often. And I think we're missing not only a greater understanding of these things and ways to protect ourselves, we're missing an understanding, a big piece of who we are and how we fit into this world, into this universe. So that's all I'm going to say about that. But I don't think we should ignore those possibilities. I don't think we should dismiss it as religious fervor, religious, you know, some kind of crazy religious thing because they use the word demons. That's the problem. When we say words that have religious connotations, at least for me, because I'm not religious, because I, I, I'm I'm frustrated with my experience with religion. When somebody starts using religious terms, I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear your dogma. And I've worked to undo that, I think, in large part, because I understand there is a lot of truth in some of this stuff. So I'm not going to beat that up anymore. Let's talk for a minute about what is going on in the United States of America. It's, it's my home. It's where I live. And uh, to my international listeners, uh, please bear with me. And I want to give a shout-out to my friends in Sweden. You guys have been killing it the past couple weeks listening to shows. So thank you to my uh, my friends in Sweden for listening to the show. I definitely appreciate your support. Your numbers have been really high and, and, uh, and outstanding. So uh, I, I do appreciate you listening over there as well. Um, but what's going on in America, and I really do think what we're experiencing here is a level of coordinated subversion. Some entity from somewhere, I'm not, I don't know who, has been gradually, for I'd say the past 15 to 20 years, destroying America from within, turning us against one another. My friends, I'm looking at this as an analyst. What's the end game here? Eventually, we're going to turn on ourselves and someone else will step in. Is America going to fall? I worry about that. I really do. And I'm saying this, again, not from a position to scare you. We need to think about our actions. Now, one of the biggest triggers out there is Donald Trump. I've talked about my opinions on him. I'm not a Trump supporter. I always feel I have to give that caveat. But I'm not a supporter of any politician right now. And we're all getting ready to vote. And everybody's saying, go out and vote. Make sure you register to vote. Vote, 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 vote. But you're playing the same damn game again and again and again. You're upset with Donald Trump now. So what are you going to do? You're going to go out and vote to change it. Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat. The problem is now Republicans and Democrats are fighting and it's getting worse. The left, the right, what do they have? The, the libtards, the, the snowflakes. I don't even know what all these terms are. I really try to avoid all of that political drama out there. I really don't track it because it's, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. But I did watch a video the other day. And I'm going to identify race just because race plays such a key role in a lot of this stuff in dividing us. It was a black man wearing, like Kanye, the, it wasn't Kanye, but it was wearing the red uh, Make America Great Again Trump hat. And he was confronted by a white male, I think it was in a Starbucks or something. 
and the the white dude's yelling at the black dude, and he's angry. Take that hat off. You know, you, that's disrespectful to wear that hat. And he's screaming at him. And I'm thinking here, you're an American. You think America, you think freedom. You are making that a lie. You don't have to agree with somebody's opinion. But you have if you want to call yourself free, you cannot oppress the beliefs and values and expressions of another free individual if they are not infringing on your rights. So shame on you if you're a part of that. I understand the anger and the frustration. You're looking at this going, but you support Trump, and Trump says horrible things, and he does. I'm not a Trump fan. That's my caveat again. But, but, I will not bash you if you decide, if you sit there and say, well, he's my president, I support, I will have a debate with you. I will have a discussion with you I'm not going to put my hands on you. I'm not going to get violent with you. I'm going to try to find a common ground where we can coexist and move forward together. The problem is there's rhetoric out there that's inciting anger and violence. It's a recipe for civil war, my friends. What are we doing? What are both sides need to concede? Both sides need to take a step back. And again, realize you're playing the same Game. No matter who you are supporting, you're playing the same stupid game. Wake up. Wake up. I'm so frustrated. I, I talked about this a lot when Trump was running for president, and it fell on deaf ears and got me ostracized. You know what? I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to sit here and make my pitch for Congress right now. I'm Dennis Nappy, and I approve this message. If you elect me as congressman, I will get to the bottom of the UFO phenomenon and the unidentified flying objects, the unidentified aerial phenomenon, and the zero-point energy that seems to exist in our on our planet right now. I will identify who they are and if this technology is in the hands of the United States government. And I will use that knowledge to better enhance the lives of the people so we have clean energy to protect our environment, and I will use that to reduce so many problems in this world. That's what I'm looking at. That's that's the you want to play a different game, that's one direction we can go in. But we're not doing that. I don't understand it. It's out there in the main it's acknowledged. It is real. And if you start looking at the gravity of what that represents, all of these other problems are symptoms of a greater issue. But we want to keep squabbling over trying to treat the symptom instead of getting to the cause. So go out and vote. Go out and vote and be happy if your representative wins. And then the other 50% of the people are going to be pissed off that their representative lost. And now you got things like this bomber who's out there sending bombs out through the mail. Wrong answer, dude. Wrong. You're, you're going to... Violence begets violence begets violence. If you want peace, that's not the way to go. We need to find a better way. Spread peace. Listen to my shows where I talk about heart math. And there's a show I did called The Trump Effect uh, about a year, two years ago now. What you put out there is magnified by everybody else out there. If you want peace, you need to live peace. If you want, if you think you're going to enact that through violence, you're just creating more resentment. It's not going to happen. In your discussions online, if you're coming at it with aggression and anger, you're making it 
worse. I know it's difficult. I know it's difficult because the subjects we're talking about are important to us. But those subjects are symptoms. They're symptoms of a greater problem. Treat the cause, cure the symptoms. All right, I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. Vote for me. Just kidding. I'm not running. All right. Let me slow it down. I'm all fired. I'm all fired up now talking about that. So my apologies, my friends. I, I know I'm not blasting you. I, I know you guys. I'm sorry. That's not directed at you. Am I having an Alex Jones moment? I hope not. All right. Let's talk about death. Death is something. Death is the reason I'm doing this show. This I think episode 165 right now. Death is why I do this. You know, it's not always at the front of my mind thinking about death and dying, but my father's death was a pivotal moment for me. That changed everything. That pushed me over the edge. I'm going to talk a little sad stuff for a minute, but I really do think there's a lot we can learn from death. But I watched my dad die. And it wasn't quick. And he he suffered. He suffered a lot. And um, I walked away from that with a lot of emotion, a lot of frustration, a lot of anger, a lot of disappointment, and just a total feeling of despair. Because as he was dying, I sensed something on the other side messing with not just him, but all of us in the room. And I thought I was crazy. And what I sensed is what I refer to as the archons. It's why I do this. And through my own research, I come to find out that, well, my perceptions, I was not alone in the conclusions I drew from my own intuitive perceptions. And to me, that tells me there's something. There was something there. My direct analysis may not be correct, but I think that it's close. So I was desperate. I was completely afraid. Because take the supernatural stuff out of it. And I watched the medical institution fail my family. His doctors lied to us. And I believe they made his problem worse. So I lost all faith in a lot of things. And I felt if something this horrible can reach into my family and take my father in front of me and I couldn't stop it, what power do I have? And I went down a dark path of hopelessness, of helplessness. And I decided, you know what? I'm not going down without a fight because... I'm a soldier. So instead of dismissing it and just saying, you know what, I'm going to move forward, I 
I dove into it. I dove into that darkness. What is this? Where is it? I, I started doing research. I kept myself open spiritually to experience that darkness, not because I wanted to become a Satanist. That's not what I'm talking about. I wasn't dabbling in evil. I just I sat in that darkness alone and afraid, and I opened my eyes, and I looked around. And what I found in that darkness was light. And that light, I learned, was coming from me. And you. And all of us out there. And I realized that that darkness exists only because we allow it to. Because we choose to ignore it. Because it sounds freaking wild. It sounds impossible. If I was to come to you and say, yep, there's these things you can't see that affect you. They can make you ill. They can make you crazy. They can make you do things. You turn around and be like, dude, you're nuts. There's invisible things that affect us. Yeah, right. Wackadoo. And I said, no, really, I'm talking about germs and parasites. Proven time and again. So is it that far of a leap to think energetically there's forces out there that can have the same impact? And that's what I set out to prove, and I did. It's coming out in the book. My point is death can be a horrible thing, but part of the reason that it's a horrible thing is because we don't understand it. We don't even know what we are. Nobody can tell us. We don't know. We can look at the experiences and testimony of those who have had experience to and come back to share it. And we can look at the theories and we can look at religious teachings. And we can look at our own intuition. And that's the best we've got right now. But we need to do better. We need to step outside of our belief systems. We need to step out of our dogmas and our doctrines and be willing to listen to all aspects. As an analyst, I don't just stick to, well, I'm an analyst, so I'm just going to look at what this belief, I'm going to just look at what my beliefs tell me. I'm going to look at all data and see what conclusions I can draw, removing my bias. It's not always easy to do because sometimes, sometimes, we need to face some pretty dark things. I, I did a little bit of writing before the show. It, it's real quick. It's nothing, it hasn't been polished, but I just want to read it and then I'll, I'll talk about it. Through death, we learn about ourselves and our morality. It teaches us the hardest lessons, forces reflections of our choices, mistakes, regrets, and goals. We can use it as a tool or let it consume us. And that's the truth, because it's so painful. And when somebody dies, it's not just, I'm sad because they're dead. We have regret. 
I should have said this. I should have done this. I should have spent more time. Whatever that regret may be. We then may look at ourselves and say, what have I done with my life? Or look at the mistakes I've made with myself. That is hard to process. I had moments like that. Where you realize your faults as a human being. And guess what? We've all got them. And some of those faults are so grave, it takes your breath away to think about it. It hurt. It physically hurts your chest. It's not just about the person that died. It becomes about you when you're reflecting on the magnitude of what death means. They're gone. And what have I, what could I have done better? What did I do wrong? If they were here, I would do this. And it starts to trickle into other aspects of your life. Am I living my best life? How much time do I have? Again, if you allow these processes to go on. It's been five years since my dad died. I still, I know the lessons that I learned. I'm still struggling to incorporate them, to live my best life. As if it was Alicia who came on my show uh, talking about soul retrieval and her advice at the end. Live every day as if it's your first and your last. Acquire the knowledge and experience you can and make the most of every moment. That was such a wise thing that she said. And again, I struggle with that because we're stuck in this rat race where we got to make enough money to pay our bills. And I, I'm thinking every day, what else can I do? Where I'm not just chasing the dollar. But it's, it's hard. And I'm, I'm going to get a little personal here. I've been pretty depressed over the last two weeks, I'd say, for a whole bunch of reasons. It's been pretty bad. I'm not thinking of hurting myself or anything. I'm not going down that road. I just feel down. I feel sad. And I know that I need to be doing more spiritually in my life every day. Because that connection, that ability to help people, I think brings healing to the world. And I I feel weird saying it, and I, I think that's because of... I have a friend who had a rough journey in life and became a minister. And he's doing great. He helps a lot of people. He, th he feeds thousands of homeless people on all the big events and holidays and stuff and help works with them. He does a lot of good in this world. But there's some people who say, oh, yeah, he found God. and He's all into God now. And although I don't prescribe to his particular doctrine or dogma, so what? It's It's working. You know, and I have my criticisms of religion, but that's not about that right now. He's helping people and using religion as a tool to do that. Thousands of people every year he's helping. And I'm inspired by that. And some of you have reached out to me because you're facing death. 
not necessarily your own death, but the death of a loved one. And something resonates with me when I get your emails. And I, I, I hate to sound cliche or weird. Right now it feels like a calling for me. I don't even know if I should be saying this on the air. Maybe I'm living in my ego right now and I'm trying, I don't mean it that way. I just think that if I can help somebody process that a little bit better and learn from it, well, then maybe I did something good. So all I'm saying is I, I, I'm trying to put myself out there more in my local community with my perspective of the world, my beliefs, not pushing my beliefs, but from that platform, from this platform that I'm building and through the things that I've learned about with energy healing, spiritual counseling and remote viewing, I feel that there's something there that can bring healing. And I owe a lot of that to my father's death. Because that was my last straw. When my dad died, I said, I'm not going to be quiet about this anymore. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to be public. And I don't care what people say anymore because I know what I experienced. I know what I witnessed. And I don't know why I was shown it. I don't think I'm any more unique than any of you out there. I, I know I know I'm not. I've done the research. We all had our own abilities to tap into things like this. Sometimes I hope that there's some kind of force out there showing me things intentionally so I learn. And I'm not alone. And I hope that my father's death has meaning beyond the meaning I'm giving to it. But I don't want it to be in vain. I, I want his, the lessons I've learned to help others. I feel like I'm sobbing to you guys. <laughs> I'm not crying, but anyway, this is very personal to me, so I hope I'm not boring you with deep thoughts with Dennis Nappy II. But anyway, my, my point is, I think that death is something we need to talk more about. And not in the morbid sense. But we need to really listen to the experiences of others. What were you feeling? What were you experiencing? And I think it's important to say, was there anything spiritual or supernatural that was happening around you? But sometimes we can't always perceive those things. And this is my frustration with dogma and doctrine. And this is what, in my studying of remote viewing, why they have the protocols they have, writing things down, putting your, you know, drawing things on your paper a certain way, because that occupies the conscious mind. 
so the data from the subconscious mind can come through raw. And I think when we have religious doctrine, the data is scrubbed through that filter. And then we say things like, well, it was God's will. God wanted this, God wanted that. And maybe I'm speaking through my own filter. I'm trying not to. I want to give that caveat that maybe I'm too close to the problems. If I am, please politely let me know. But that's why I think that frustrates me, is because I think it limits our ability to perceive data when we just look at it through that lens. Now, you know, when you say something like, well, it's a demon because it's bad, or it just feels different. Well, we don't, do you know that? What are your perceptions? And that's what I recorded as my father was dying. I didn't say, oh, it's an archon. I didn't say, oh, it's feeding off my emotions. I recorded my perceptions and then analyzed them and then drew conclusions. I didn't let my conscious mind interfere. And, and I think that nobody wants to talk about death because it's uncomfortable, because people are sad. But we have those emotions for a reason. And there's a lot to be learned, but you need to have the courage to push through. And it's sad. It's hard. It's infuriating. But I hope that one day we can learn enough in this physical incarnation as people who have taken psilocybin mushrooms in clinical studies will tell you we go on. As people who have gone through, the thousands of people who have gone through the Monroe Institute's trainings, we go on. I am more than just a physical body. There's more to this existence. And I think with that understanding, some of the fear, some of the sadness, some of the anger, I think it goes away. If we had a different understanding of who we are, that's why the book that you can read for free, I am human and we are not who we think we are. I think if we understood that, processing death would look a lot different. And I think that's important. In the meantime, if you love somebody, tell them and tell them often. If there's something you want to do, do it now. Don't put it off. Become the change today, right now. You have this life. And we can look at it from the grim perspective that I did when my father first died, that we are mere cattle here as food for the archons, as my book is titled. And if that's true... As terrible as that sounds, make the best of it. Don't contribute to the suffering they want to instill in you. You can still have a kick-ass journey. And if it's not true, have a kick-ass journey and make the most of your life. Love to hear your thoughts on it, friends. I'm going to end the show here. I'm a little fried now. I hope I didn't get too personal. I got a little raw with it. 
but that's that's where this comes from. And I want to give the caveat that although I'm talking about my father's death, that moment is significant in part of my story. But I don't always get to tell the story of my father's legacy, and it's not his death. My father's legacy lives on every day through me as a father. I do so many things with my children and feel my dad with me, and I think of my dad. So I just want to make, be very clear about that. That I talk about my dad's death, and I reference it more than I reference the wonderful man my father was. And I want to be clear on that. Don't let that one terrible moment define someone's legacy. Don't let that become who they were. It can be a piece of their story, but don't let it define it. All right, friends, that's it. I don't think I got anything left. So again, I want to put a reminder out there. If you want to be a reporter for Six Sense Media or for the Secret Podcast, collect interviews, collect information, and send it to Ray and I. Please, we need your help. You can get your free ebook, I Am Human, We Are Not Who We Think We Are, at sixcentsmedia.net slash I Am Human. Again, sixcentsmedia.net slash I Am Human. sixcentsmedia.net slash I Am Human. Check out Ray Davis, my Six Sense Media co-founder and partner. He's at sixcentsmedia.net. He also has the Affirmation Spot and Anunnaki Awakening, the trilogy. He's working on book two for that right now. He's got lots of free affirmations as well that can help empower you through those negative moments. You can find that at sixcentsmedia.net. Best way to stay connected is sign up through the secret newsletter. Get the free ebook. I am human and we're not who we think we are. Check us out on social media, the Six Sense Media discussion group on Facebook. We got a core group of people in there who are talking about some wonderful things. Great discussions on there. We're also on Twitter. We get a lot of great updates of what's going on in the world. And you can check me out on Instagram, author Dennis Nappy II. All the links are on the secret podcast page through sixcentsmedia.net. I hope you have a wonderful week, my friends. I hope my show wasn't too morbid for you this week. I'll be back next weekend, as I always am. I'm Dennis Nappy II with Six Sense Media, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep open mind. Thank you.